Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Chapter 26, beginning at verse number 19, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and through all the coasts of Judea, and then to the Gentiles that they should repent. Everybody say, repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. For these causes, the Jews caught me in the temple. And went about to kill me, having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying one, uh, saying none other things than those which the prophets Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first, and that uh, should rise from the dead, and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. Paul, he said, you are local. You've lost your marbles. You're crazy. You've gotten so smart, you're stupid. That's what he said. Amen. But he said, I am not mad, noble, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness, for the king knoweth of these things before him, whom also... I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Amen. Verse 22, having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue to this day, witnessing both small, both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come. Amen. And um, I, I, I want to preach for a little while this morning, and I'm going to not preach a, a full long message here. I just want to hone in on this and share a word I feel the Lord dropped in my spirit for somebody, and I believe for a lot of us in this place today. I wish I could have come up with a better title, but this is, this is what I have. I want to preach to you. I'm not in this thing by myself. I'm not in this thing by myself. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm not in this by myself. Tell them, I'm not in this thing by myself. The Lord is with me. Amen. And let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you've been glorified both in psalm and in music and in worship and testimony. Lord, I thank you for what you are doing, but what you are about to do in this service. Lord, I thank you for all the wonderful guests and believers that are here today. Lord, speak to our life, transform us and change us by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Would you just give the Lord a hand clap of praise again? Hallelujah. Amen. One more time before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I'm not in this thing by myself. Amen. God bless you. You could be seated. I want to say real fast to all of our guests here at First Church, we are so glad that you have chosen to worship the Lord with us today. We do have a special guest. Uh, Sister Lupe's mother is here from Honduras. 
She hadn't been able to see her mother in like 20 years. And this is, we've been praying for Sister Lupe's mother to come from Honduras and her stepfather. And here's the beautiful thing is uh, she got here and they did not give her, her her visa to come and visit. They went ahead and answered a prayer and gave her residency. That's the kind of God we serve. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's it. Go ahead and celebrate what God has done. Gracias, Jesus. Amen. No, howdy, como tu, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're so thankful, and you'll get to meet her after service. Such a precious lady. Amen. Uh, there, there are moments in our life, if we are completely transparent, you would admit that we feel completely alone. We feel like there's nobody that knows what we're going through. Have you ever been there in your life before where I feel alone and, and nobody knows what I'm going through? Nobody can comprehend what I'm, what I'm dealing with. Even, even in a room full of people, you can feel alone sometimes. There are people that, that feel feelings of, of abandonment. Right now, across our city, there are people that are living in nursing homes, and, and uh, they suffer from emptiness. They, 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 just like everyone has disconnected from them. It is possible to feel alone and not live alone. It's possible to feel alone even in your own home or feel alone even on your own job. It's because the challenges that you that face you make you feel that you are all by yourself. It's not that you uh, have you don't have anyone to talk to, but sometimes it's that you don't know that there's anybody around you you can trust to talk to. Amen. I, I just need you to just be honest with yourself and the Lord this morning. I may not be preaching to everybody, but I know I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. And 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 it's not that you are physically alone, but but it feels like even there there's nobody really around me that I can connect to, that I can talk to. And sometimes you have to talk and discuss things that are that are so deep and complicated that that you really need to talk to someone who could appreciate it. Amen. But please know that God sent me this morning to preach to you and to encourage you that you are not in this thing by yourself. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. You have not been abandoned by God. Amen. God knows what he's doing in your life and God has a strategy for your life and you're not in this thing by yourself. I've come to encourage somebody this morning that feels like maybe you're living for God by yourself. Amen. That nobody else is helping you and nobody is there to encourage you but I want to encourage you that you are not alone and you are not by yourself amen you, you're not by yourself because you didn't get here by yourself there's nobody here this morning that got here by themselves. You are here because along the way, there was somebody that prayed for you, somebody that reached for you, somebody that loved you, somebody that encouraged you. And it is a tactic of the enemy to try and convince you that you are alone, but you're not alone because God is with you and the family of God is with you. Can you say amen? You get here by yourself. 
I, I, I said it at the Bible College dedication uh, last week. Uh, um, the old story says that if you ever see a turtle on a fence post, realize that it didn't get there by itself. Somebody had to lift it up and put that turtle on the fence post. Every one of us are turtles setting atop a fence post. We didn't get this blessed because we were smart. We didn't get this blessed because we had it all figured out. We are here because God has sent people into our life to help elevate us, to help lift us, to help encourage us. You may not feel like it this morning, but if you just look back over your shoulder, you'll realize somebody was praying for you when you were lost. Somebody was praying for you when you were going through it. Somebody was encouraging you when you were struggling. And I just want to remind you today, you're not in this thing by yourself. Amen. We pick up a story in the text that the Apostle Paul, he's kind of on a downward emotional slide. Amen. He was met uh, with a warm atmosphere while, while he was uh, preaching the gospel, but now he is sleeping with criminals in a prison, in a high security prison. Paul was a Roman citizen. He was a man of distinguished intelligence, and he is now having to sleep with the lowest of low, and he finds himself as an inmate. Uh, if you've always been down, sometimes it's easier to handle being down again. You can tell people that have never been down when they get down because they, they've never been down before. Amen. But but some of us been knocked off our feet before. Amen. We can cope a little bit better because it isn't the first time we've been knocked down. Amen. And if you live for God long enough, it won't be the last time that you get knocked down. Amen. We don't learn to live down. We learn to get back up again because the strength is not in learning to fall. It's learning to get back up again. Amen. When you have always been loved, you can handle uh, being up a little bit better than other people can. Amen. You can see people who haven't had love and affection in their life. When it comes to their life, they don't quite know how to handle it. Paul said, I have, I have learned to be abased and I have learned to abound. I learned to be poor and I learned to be rich. I learned to be hungry and I learned to be full. There are stages in life you have got to learn to be because it is the ebb and flow of how life goes and I want to encourage you amen you you got to learn to be sick and you got to learn to be well I said, you got to learn to be sick and you got to learn to be well. You, you got to learn to praise him when you don't feel good and praise him when you do feel good. You, you got to learn, you got to learn to shout when you got money in the bank and still shout when there ain't no money in the bank. You, you've got to learn, you got to learn to be able to run the aisles and dance when everybody's patting you on the back and you better learn to run the aisles and dance when nobody's patting you on the back. You got to learn to shout amen when you feel good and shout amen when you feel bad. You got to learn to serve God when everybody's patting you on the back and saying you're doing it. And you better learn to serve God when everybody's telling you you ought to throw in the towel and quit. 
you've got to learn to serve God in both of those places. You've got to learn to worship God with the masses and you've got to learn to worship God by yourself. You've got to learn to dance when the altars are full and you've got to learn to dance when there ain't nothing but cobwebs in the altar. You've got to learn to pray when everything you need is at home and you've got to learn to pray when you ain't got nothing to eat in the cabinets. In other words, you've got to learn no matter what condition I'm in, God is still good and I'm not by myself. He sees the condition of my life. He knows the condition of my heart and of my soul. Amen. You got to learn you got to learn to praise God and serve God when everybody's done you right and you got to learn to serve God when everybody's done you wrong. You you got to learn to serve God when everybody speaks well of you and you got to learn to serve God when everybody's flapping their gums about you in a bad way. You got to learn to praise God when everything's in harmony and you better learn to praise God, honey, when you're offended. You've got to learn how to be consistent in living for God because God don't care if you get ticked off and swell up like a bullfrog. Hey Amen. You got to learn in spiritual maturity. God is good no matter what. I'll praise him on Sunday and if all hell breaks loose on Tuesday I'll still praise him on Tuesday because I'm not in this by myself look at somebody and tell them I'm not in this by myself I can only imagine that Paul thought to himself you know, I never thought that when I met King Agrippa again, I, that I would be in chains. Amen. You, you, you never imagine yourself in a situation like that. Never thought, he never thought that I, I would have these certain circumstances in my life. He never saw himself being a prisoner. No, he was an elite. Amen. He ran in the highest of circles. Amen. If you would, uh, he, he was a country club kind of guy. He was an elite of the elite. He, he ran in the highest of society at that time and he never thought for a moment that answering the call of God meant that he was going to be handcuffed and put in prison and have to abase himself before a, a Gentile people and 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 he thought to himself I, I never thought that I, I would be here in this circumstance amen has anyone ever had a, a moment where you thought I never thought this would happen to me you ever had that? I never thought this would happen to me. Amen. I, that, that dream that you have, even when you're still, when you're 42 years old and you have the dream, you show up to school in your pajamas. Amen. You never really think that's going to happen to you. Y'all you, you, know what I'm talking about? I'm, I'm 42 years old and, and to this day, there are times I wake up out of a dead sleep thinking that I missed the school bus. Amen. You never think those moments will happen. You you never you you never think you'll be embarrassed. You you you, you come on. You know what I'm I never thought that would happen to me. I never thought it would come to this. I never dreamed or imagined that the blessing of God would allow me to come into conflict with people. Let, let me say that again. I never thought that the call of the will of God would allow me to come into conflict with people. I thought if I followed the will of God, everything would be sun, sunshine and roses. And, and, it, and we'd just be tiptoeing through the tulips and whistling. And, and there would be, be bluebirds swinging and flying around my head and, and whistling zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day. I, I never dreamed that if I followed God, there were going to be bumps like this. I, I never dreamed that if I was going to follow God, I'd, I'd find myself 
myself at, at conflict with, uh, with things in my life. I, I, I thought that once I surrendered and I began to follow God, everything was supposed to be easy and that we were going to be on easy street. But here I am. I, I'm serving God and, and, and I didn't get handed a microphone. I got handed handcuffs. Amen. Amen. I, I, I've said this before, but I've had young people come to me and, and, uh, They'll come to me and say, I, I believe I got a call for a call to ministry. And I'll say, well, what makes you think that? Well, I've been having dreams of, of me preaching in front of thousands of people. I said, well, you, no, you got a call to entertain. If you got a call for ministry, uh, you, then, then you find yourself praying all the time. You, you find yourself weeping and asking God, how can you use me? What can I do for your kingdom? Amen. The, the call of God is not always behind a desk or a microphone. Amen. Sometimes the call of God has has you in the jungles, amen, of the Philippines, and it has you in the mountain of the Andes in Ecuador, and it has you, amen, in neighborhoods in the city that you wouldn't normally go into because the call of God is not always about things being easy or things being popular, but sometimes the call of God is going to lead you into places where you scratch your head and say, is God really in this? Uh, I mean, if God really wanted to use me, he could have kept me out of jail, Paul said. Maybe he could have kept me out of going to prison maybe the apostle said maybe if I was truly serving God the way I need to serve God I wouldn't be being uh, martyred and murdered for the gospel's sake but no they understood that they're not in this by themselves and and the way of God is not always the easy path amen but the way of God oftentimes finds resistance and this is why Paul writes in Philippians and says forgetting those things which are behind amen I press for that which is in front of me and the word press, uh, it begins to indicate to us uh, that there is something that is pushing us and opposing us. Uh, I'm telling somebody here this morning, amen, yes, God is going to do great things in your life, uh, but you better learn how to press. Uh, amen, the, the, the call of God, uh, the blessing of God is not always a pull. Sometimes it's a push, and you gotta learn to get low, amen, and you've gotta learn to push your way through some things. Uh, when all hell breaks loose in your life, you better learn how to push. Amen. When people start scandalizing your name, you better learn how to push. When the bank account has no more funds, you better learn how to push. When there's a fever on your brow, you better learn to push because you've got to get a revelation. I'm not in this by myself. Paul appears before uh, King Agrippa and has his life in Paul's hands. Amen. Paul and Agrippa knew one another. They were contemporaries at one point because Paul ran in the social elite circles. You've got to see this. Amen. And Paul was at one point uh, would be considered before his ascent to the throne. Uh, and as he was being groomed for the throne there for that Roman position of occupancy in, in, in Israel, at uh, one point, they were contemporaries and now Paul is standing there and his life is now in the hands of a man that was his equal. And I don't know about you, but if one of us is going to be in control, I'd prefer it to be me. Let me say that again. If, if, if one of us is going to be in control, I prefer it to be me. If, if we're running late somewhere and we got to drive fast, I prefer it be me drive fast. Come on, somebody. 
I, I trust my driving. I, and, and I've already been in wrecks, but I still trust my driving. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You prefer to be in control. Amen. I, I, I'd rather drive than be driven. I'd rather, I'd rather you need me more than me need you. Amen. Because there is something vulnerable and abasing and, and, and that, that says to somebody, I need you. Paul's life was now in the hands of King Agrippa. King Agrippa's grandfather sent the decree to have baby Jesus killed. His grandfather had John the Baptist's grandfather killed. Amen. John the Baptist killed over a dance. His father had the first Christian disciple killed. And when Paul comes before him, he said he was going to represent himself in the court proceedings. And there is an old, old saying about the court system. It says he that represents himself has a fool for a client but Paul said I'm going to represent myself amen because if if anybody's going to represent me I know me better than me amen Paul said there ain't no better lawyer to exist than me and I will represent myself. Amen. And, and the Bible says that Paul comes before him and said he was going to represent himself. And then he said, I think myself happy to stand before you. Amen. In other words, you've got to learn to confront issues in your life. If you live life long enough, you're going to find out things don't go away just because you don't think about them anymore. Out of sight, out of mind does not cure anything. Amen. Just because you don't think about it and say, well, I'm not going to pursue that knot. I'm not going to pursue that pain. I'm not going to pursue those fainting spells. I'm just not going to think about it. No, you put yourself in greater danger if you don't confront the issue. And Paul said, in other words, I'm glad I can confront this issue. He was so committed to what he believed in before he was saved. He killed Christians. He signed degrees. Amen. To cut them down and to wipe out entire churches and entire families amen and he was happy to say to King Agrippa I am not the man that you once knew that I was amen I am not the re re religious zealot that I was I'm not the man that kills Christians any longer amen I know I used to kill them I know I used to murder them but I'm not the man that you think that I am because I've been changed by the power power of the Holy Ghost. And now Paul is on trial and he's being prosecuted for being a Christian. Let me ask you something. If you were to go on trial today for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict? If we were to go on trial today for being Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict a man? But he said, I was on my way to Damascus and I heard a voice saying, Paul, Paul. Amen. Paul said, I was blind on the inside and then a shining light made me blind on the outside. I heard a voice that spoke out to me and said, why do you persecute me? And I realized I was on the wrong team. I realized 
realized I was excited about the wrong thing. I realized I was serving the wrong purpose. I realized I had dedicated my life to the wrong cause. And God turned Paul's life around on the road to Damascus. Paul stood in that courtroom and he began to preach that the same Jesus that saved me is the same Jesus that can save you. I've come to tell you this morning, you're not in this by yourself because the same Jesus that saved you is the same Jesus that can save your family, that can save your co-workers, that can save your neighbors. Amen. Paul said, I want you to know, King Agrippa, if anybody's been changed, I've been changed. I didn't put a fresh paint of coat on a dilapidated barn, but I'm totally different. I'm not the man that I used to be. He said, I know I've been changed. I've changed my behavior. I used to kill folks like me, but I've been changed. He said, I, I, I used to laugh at people that do what I do. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You used to to shout at people that sh that laugh at people that shout like we shout. You used to make fun of people that dance like we dance, but here you are on a Sunday morning and you've got enthusiasm and you've got joy. So don't you give up hope on that person you've been reaching. Don't you give up hope on that person you've been praying for because if God can turn me around, God can turn anybody around. If God can change you, God can change anybody. Somebody shout, I believe that. Amen. Paul said something hit me from the crown of my head to the tippy top of my toes. And I wasn't the same anymore. Amen. I wasn't the same anymore. I wasn't the same. I'm glad I'm not the same person that I was, but I'm glad to be a water baptized in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost filled, tongue talking child of the Most High God. You got to reach over and shake somebody and tell them, I've been changed. Come on, reach over and shake them a little bit and say, I have been changed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You need to tell the devil, you can't take what I do. I'm changed. You can't take away who I am. I've been changed. Come on, tell them, I've been changed. I'm not the same person that I was. I, I, I need somebody to help me preach that this morning. I'm not the same person that I was. And I'm not the same person that I was. I used to do that, but I'm not like that anymore. I used to be a drinking, drugging, lying, tomcatting, fooling around. Amen. I used to be, but I'm not that anymore. I've been changed. God turned me around. Look at somebody and tell them, I've got evidence to convict me. I've been changed. Come on, tell somebody, I've got evidence to convict me. I know I've been changed. My life has been rearranged. He turned me upside down. I don't confess him with my mouth only, but I live it, I walk it, I talk it, I breathe it, I wear it, I share it. I'm not the same. Paul said, be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you've been transformed, you need to show it. If you've been transformed, you need to act like it. Don't tell me you're saved. Show me you're saved. Don't tell me you're forgiven. Show me you're forgiven. 
I'm going to tell you something. You can take a lot from me, but you can't take away from me what I know God did in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Paul said, I'm a Christian. I used to kill people like me, but I'm a Christian. I used to make fun of people like me, but I'm a Christian. I'm a blood-washed, baptized, uh, amen, one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in his blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness. I suggest you do the same. I was set free on my knees one night at a Pentecostal altar, and I'm not ashamed to be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus. I'm not what I was. Paul said, I got saved with no advantage. He said, I got saved with no advantage. In other words, he said, I became a Christian on my way to killing Christians. He didn't say, I, he, he said, I was saved with no advantage. In other words, what he was saying was, I didn't get saved because there was something I could do for the church or that the church could do for me, I was on my way to murder more of them. And God intervened in that situation. He said, I got saved on my way to killing Christians. He said, all of my Jewish friends rejected me. The apostles were too scared to take me in. Because of my past, church folks rejected me. I want you to think about that. Nobody wanted Paul in their church. He had killed their family members. He had wiped out entire communities. And when Paul was born again, even the, the apostles wanted nothing to do with him. He said, because of my past, I wasn't even accepted in my future. And my future is sometimes affected by my past. He said, but I want you to know something, Agrippa. I was knocked off my feet on the road to Damascus. They put me in prison. I want you to know some of your cohorts, some of your companions, some of the circles that you run in, they put me in prison and they were most certainly going to kill me. Amen. But along about midnight, me and my friend, my companion in the gospel, Silas, we begin to pray and sing praises at midnight. And I know you heard about that jailbreak, Agrippa, because I was there at midnight when the earth began to shake and the doors came open and every Everyone's bands were loosed. See, I was a part of that. I was there. He said, I was there and God was setting me free even with other Christians couldn't trust me. And nobody helped me. And nobody stood up for me. Look, let me just pause and say this. I've come to encourage you, but I want to say this. You didn't quit feeling sorry for yourself. Say, hey, oh my, or oh me, but we're all flesh. We quit feeling sorry, but I feel persecuted. You big baby. You need to grow up. It happens to everybody. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. You are not specially selected that God says, I want to make them miserable the rest of their life. 
not the way it works. God's got a plan for you, but God can never show you that he is a deliverer from the bonds of prison unless he first lets you go into prison. He can never show you he's a healer unless he first allows sickness to come into your life. He can never show you what a blesser he is unless he lets poverty come into your life. You need to wake up and understand God's not picking on you, but God loves you and you're not by yourself and God's going to make a way for you. Turn around and tell somebody, God's going to make a way for me. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, nobody stood up for me. Don't you dare think you're in this thing by yourself. Don't you dare think you're in this thing by yourself. If God helped me, God's going to help you. And if God helped you, he's going to help me. And if God did it for Paul, he's going to do it for me. God helped me. Why do I believe God can do it now? Because he's done it in the past. He's done it for me in the past. I, I, I'm, I'm still young enough, amen, and, and yet old enough that I can still remember the old-fashioned testimony services. We can't have those anymore. Some people get up, all they're going to do is complain. I want to thank Jesus that everything's bad in my life. Amen. I just want to praise the Lord. I feel terrible. Nobody loves me. That's what they turn into now. Man, testimony service used to be the most powerful part of the service. Because them old gray-haired warriors of the cross, they knew how to give God glory for stuff. They didn't stand up for five minutes and try to get everybody's sympathy. They just stood up and said, I'm glad my feet's on the rock and my mind's made up. And that's exactly how they used to say it. Their grammar wasn't correct. They'd stand up and say, I remember Sister Rosie stand up and stomp foot and go, I'm glad my feet's on the rock and my mind's made up. Though I walk through the lonely valley and I drink from the bitter cup. We don't do that anymore. You want to see what testimony service is? Look at social media. The biggest woe is me and trying to give God glory at the same time. It don't work like that. You can't get bitter and sweet water from the same cup. But I can remember these old tests, these old veterans of the cross stand up and they begin to testify and say, I'm so glad he woke me up this morning and put me in my right mind. I'm glad I, I give honor to the Lord today because I got breath in my lungs. Amen. My heart's still a beating. And I know it sounds, I know it sounds archaic and I know it sounds old fashioned but the Holy Ghost used to move when those old timers that had been through some stuff I'm not talking about a bunch of young bucks that had never been through anything but these old timers in their 80s and 90s they lived through the depression they lived through family members walking out on them and they stood up and they said he still gets sweeter and sweeter as the day goes by oh what a love between my Lord and I Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right. Some of you need to testify right now. You need to show how good God's been in your life. I can remember them old saints as they would say, amen, I thank God because when my husband left me, God helped me. When my wife left me, God helped me. When my children abandoned me, God helped me. When I was in crisis, God helped me. When I didn't have enough money, God helped me. 
I can hear him say, I didn't know I was going to pay the bills, but God came through. I didn't have enough gas for the car, but God came through. I didn't have no money to put tread on the tires, but God came through. God came through. You want to know why? Because they're not in it by themselves. They used to tell us all the time, he'd work it out. He'll work it out. What do you mean? How's he going to work it out? I don't know, but he's going to work it out. He's going to work it all out. What's he going to work out? Everything. Because it doesn't matter what I go through. I'm not by myself. He's working it out right now. He's working it out for you. You got a boss that's a headache. He's working it out right now. You got to believe that. You got trials and tribulations in your home. God's working it out right now. You got to believe it. You're not in this by yourself. God is on your side. Somebody shout, he's working it out. Come on, shout, he's working it out. They used to sing, how you gonna pay your rent? All your money spent. Little bit to buy some food. Baby needs a pair of shoes. Say you got a light bill due and you got a gas bill too. Telephone disconnect. Waiting on your next paycheck. But Jesus will work it out. Some of you need to get flat footed this morning and say, I'm not by myself and God is working it out. You didn't get this far by yourself and you're not going to take one more step by yourself. For I know he that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. Look at somebody tell me, I'm not by myself. Grab them by the hand and shake them a little bit. Say, you're not by yourself. God's with you in this. Call and tell them, I'm not by myself. God's with me in this. I'm not fighting this on my own. God's with me. You don't have to like my hair. God's with me. You ain't got to like my shoes. God's with me. You don't got to like the way I drive my car. God's with me. You ain't got to like the way I worship. God's with me. I know I get loud. I know I dance and shout. But God is with me. You don't like the way I worship? Talk to God about it. You don't like the way I dance? Talk to God about it. Because here's what I know. I'm not by myself. Hallelujah. I'm not by myself. I got power over my problems. I got power over the enemy in my life. I got power over the situation I'm in. Not because I'm somebody, but because he's everything. Not because I have money. Not because I've got fame. Not because I've got the right pedigree. Not because I come from the right family. But I've got the blood of Jesus in my life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I'm closing, but somebody better shout this morning because you know you're not in this by yourself. 
The enemy's tried to convince you you're alone. The enemy of your soul has tried to convince you you're by yourself. But I'm telling you, you are not by yourself. You are not by yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Stand with me. Come on, tell somebody, I am not by myself. Come on, I am not by myself. I am not by myself. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm not by myself tell them you are not by yourself I remember three Hebrew boys who thought they were by themselves and they decided they weren't going to bow and worship the God that the king had set up before them For they said the God in whom we serve is well able to deliver us from your hand and from your fiery furnace. But if not, but if not, but if not, you need to get a but if not in your spirit. I believe God's going to come through. But if he doesn't come through the way I want him to come through, he's still God. You need to get a but if not in your spirit that says, I believe God's going to work it out like this. But if not, the God in whom we serve is still able. They said, King, we ain't going to serve your God. We ain't going to worship your idol. Because the God we serve is well able to deliver us out of your hand. I love the but if not of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said, but if not, we still not going to bow and we're still not going to worship your idol. And the Bible said the king got so ticked off he didn't even let them take their hats and their robes off. They bound them up right then They heated up the furnace seven times hotter than it had ever been heated in its life. They threw them into the furnace and it was so hot that the men that threw them in, they died because of the heat. You better be careful who you're chunking in the fire. You better be careful who you're pushing into the flame. The Bible said King Nebuchadnezzar leaned over He looked down in that furnace because he didn't hear no screaming. He didn't hear any pain. He looked over and he rubbed his eyes and he called over his mathematicians and he said, I need y'all to help me with something. Did we not throw in three men bound? They said, oh, king, you threw in three men that were bound. He said, somebody tell me then. How come I see four men loosed see you're doing everything you can not to be in the fire and you don't realize 
that God's going to use the fire to set you free. You see, your haters can't stand the fire. Your enemy can't handle the flame, but God can. And God will let that thing, God said God will let that thing that you've been so afraid of, God will use the fire to liberate you. I'm preaching to some folks in the fire this morning. I'm preaching to some people that are in the fire. You need to look at your neighbor this morning and tell them, I'm doing just fine in the fire. I'm doing all right in the flame. God's still in control. The same God out there is the same God. I know what some of you are thinking. I don't know how you can handle it in the fire. I don't know. You got family members looking at you saying, I don't know how you can still serve God after all the hell you've been through. Well, you don't understand that God allowed that in my life to liberate me from the junk that was holding me back. Because I'm not in it by myself. said I see four loosed and walking around he said and the fourth <laughs> the fourth looks like the son of man nobody had ever seen Jesus before nobody had ever seen the son of God before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Bible didn't even say they saw him. It only said their oppressor saw him. You can tell people about Jesus. You can preach about Jesus. You can teach about Jesus. But honey, sometimes God's got to let you get in the flame so he can show the people who don't believe who he is. God's going to use that sickness to show your family who he is. God's going to use that, that financial disparity in your life to show your family who God is. God's going to let that situation in your life reveal who God is. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I know you've been praying, God, why me? Why am I going through it? Why am I in the fire? Why won't you heal me? Why won't you bless me? Why won't you do it for me? And God says, because I've got to get you in a place. I need your family to see who I am. I need your boss to see who I am. I need your coworkers to see who I am. I need your neighbors to see who I am. I need them to realize you can go through hell in life and still say, I'm not in this thing by myself. Come on, you ought to lift your hands to the Lord right now. Come on, he's moving in this place. I'm telling somebody, you're not in this by yourself. You're not walking this road by yourself. 
You're not in the furnace by yourself, but he's with you. He's with you right now. I know you've been battling that sickness, but he's with you right now. You've been wondering when you were going to get that promotion, but he's with you right now. You've been wondering when you was going to get some peace in your life, but he's with you right now. I challenge you to step up out of your pew right now. Step out of your chair and come down to this altar right now. Don't come by yourself. Find somebody. Walk across the building and say, come with me. I don't want to go by myself. You're not in this by yourself. God's going to bless you this morning. God's going to heal you today because you're not in this by yourself. You're not walking this alone. You're not in this trial by yourself. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, there's a healer in the house. There's a deliverer in the house. There's a miracle worker in this house right now. Come on, that's it. Reach to him right now. You're not in this by yourself. You're not walking this by yourself. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob's with you. The God of Peter, James, John, and Paul is with you. The God of Mary, Martha, Priscilla, and Aquila is with you. The God of Philip and Bartholomew is with you. The same God who was is the God who is. And you're not in this by yourself. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.